I met this girl, and she's just great. This girl I just adore. The problem is, she has much more than I had bargained for. She's got that style, she's got that smile, she's got the walk, she's got the talk, she's got that zing. There's just one thing, she's got a penis. <laughs> She's got that flair, knows what to wear. She's got that face, that girlish grace. She's got pizzazz. Too bad she has a penis. Now there's always some failure, always some flaw. Ain't that what they call Murphy's Law? But male genitalia, that's where I draw the line. Besides, hers is bigger than mine. <laughs> My life's a mess, cause under that dress, she's got a P-E-N-I-S. Yes. Get ready. Woo! We are on tour, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive. This is the BMW Championship second leg of the FedEx playoffs. Next week we're going to East Lake, but this week we have a no-cut event as the 70 golfers left in the PGA Tour official world golf rankings are competing against each other. We get to see four rounds of exceptional golf from all the golfers in the field, except one Cameron Smith, but that's okay. That's okay. Look. We're in Delaware, of all places, Delaware. But of course, as always, hello, Canada. Hello, Delaware. Hello, USA. Hello, UK. What's up, Australia? South Africa. Got some listeners in India now. Vegas. Don't know why you're listening, but okay. Cali. Alaska. A bunch of the lower 48. We even got some listeners down in South America. Well, welcome. Now, if you're new to the show... What the hell is that? What the hell is that? What's that dang thing doing here? How did that get here? What the hell is that? What the hell is that? 
what the hell is this? It's probably the best, most informative PGA DFS show out there. And of course, if you are a returning listener, I am a more positive person every day. Today, I am positive everyone else is an arsehole. I am fucking motivated and inspired. All the unimportant time wasters in my life can go fuck themselves. Welcome back. I'm Mike Lunas at Lunas on Twitter, L-I-U-N-A-S, curator of CutlineGolf.com, host of the Cutline, and soon to be projecting tons of things for RickRunGood.com. Looking forward to that, starting after Labor Day when the new season begins. But we're here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the BMW Championship. And we're going to do the best we can. Or imagine being able to be magically whisked away to Delaware. Hi, I'm in Delaware. To give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. What is it about good sex that makes me have to crap? I guess it's all that pumping. Pump and dump. And the goal of the cut line is not only to make your best tournament lineups, but that you are smashing and cashing and growing that bankroll and giving you the best plays week in, week out, all four rounds. It's a smaller field. Make sure you get it right this weekend. Anyways, we are traveling out to Delaware, the wonderful Wilmington Country Club. Long story short, it's a very easy, straightforward course that requires only you to hit your spots. Hit the fairway, hit your multi-tiered green, hit it in the right spot, and boom, putt for birdie. Sounds pretty simple. Hopefully they grow that rough out a little bit. Regardless, you can go to cutlinegolf.com, read the rest of the course report, and kind of figure out what key stats that you need to look at this weekend. But personally, I am not generalizing it. I am looking at driving distance. It's going to be my key stat to differentiate myself from the rest of the field. In addition to that, I'll be looking at approach, ball strikers, guys who can score too. Go to look at DraftKings scoring big time this weekend, 70 golfers in the field Four rounds for all of them. You gotta build some strong lineups, guys. Don't worry about point like placement this weekend. Worry about DraftKings scoring. But the big question is, who are we going to be playing this weekend? These two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. No, this is not a WGC event, but it sure feels like it. No cut, 70 golfers, who you to play? What are you going to do? Sounds like Ghostbusters. So, the big question going into this weekend in this birdie or better segment that we're going to focus on is kind of like strategy for a contest like this. You're looking at four rounds where you're going to have six of six golfers through. How do you maximize a lineup with that going on? And this is where you really got to conscientiously think about the build process that you're, you know, going to be a part of, what contests you're entering, and simply what stats you're valuing. 
I think let's let's start with contests, okay? If you're gonna do the three max, and if we're talking about like three max that are hosted by particular individuals, so for example, if you're due to play the Mayo, fade the guys that Mayo's touting, guys coming off a win. If you're playing the the degenerates, three max, fade the guys that Tambo is playing he's coming off a huge win he's on a heater potentially but if you're in that contest you're not leveraging the field everyone's gonna be on tambo's guys tambo man crushed it my guy fucking crushed it again awesome shit love it um if you're playing in nagel's bagels contest fade nagel's is like the bagels guys like why wouldn't you do that why would you not leverage the field against a group of guys that's going to listen to someone else's picks and probably play them. Any contest that you're in that's being touted by another individual, that's how you leverage that field, especially this weekend. All right, second thing you need to do, focus on your key stats, go heavy on them, and then you need to identify a stat that people are not keen on. Okay. A lot of people, because this course has no history, et cetera, et cetera, they're going to go with general stats. They're going to look at tee to green. They're going to look at off the tee. They're going to look at approach numbers. Some people might even go as far enough as looking at proximity, a waste of a stat, but so what? They're going to be doing it. You need to fit a style of golfer in your build process. If you want bombers, all five, six golfers need to be bombers. You want approach shot guys, all five, six guys need to be approach shot guys. You want to look at tee time waves, do tee time waves. That's fine. Go PM, AM. Most guys like doing the AM, PM, the low scoring, starting off hot. But you got to remember that you have four rounds of golf. Four rounds of golf. The last thing I want to point out is DraftKings scoring trumps placement. There have been several occasions where... Tony Finau is one of the top DraftKings scorers, but not in the top 10. When Phil was on PGA Tour, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this because he's not there anymore, but regardless, plenty of times when Phil was on top of his game, finishing top 35, but in top 10 in DraftKings scoring. People are going to overweight placement, and they're going to look at recent form, they're going to look at win potential, and they're going to play those guys over someone you can leverage against them. So make sure you take advantage of that. Look at those stats. Look at the stats that you value. Take advantage of it. Okay, one more little nugget. If you're doing the 150 max, limit your player pool. Get that tight core going. Tighten it up. Tight, tight, tight. All right, that's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. 16, 18 guys, rotate them whether it's one golfer out, two golfers out, and your optimizer, whatever you're using, it's very easy to do. But remember, no cut event. You're looking for scores. What are you going to do this weekend? One thing I want to point out, though, for you guys, if you haven't been to cutlinegolf.com, I give you a model that you can weight certain factors. It puts in simplified versions of my, you know, my overall model, my putting model, my scoring model, approach model, my fairway and greens model. It has recent forms in there along with Vegas content. You can upload ownership to kind of just basically get a whole view of what a lot of us use in terms of spreadsheets that don't sit on our web browser looking at Fantasy National or Rick Run Good or, or Fanshare Sports.com. So it's 
another way to get unique. So I've been starting the show off with putters and we're going to continue that. So we're looking at for guys who don't necessarily pop in the model, but are potentially excellent on bent grass greens. And the first two that pop are Bez and Alex Noren. Now, the problem is they rank at the bottom in scoring. But if you get a hot putter for four rounds, especially Bez, who can hit the fairway at a pretty high clip, and if he misses the fairway, he can scramble pretty well, not a bad option. Hasn't missed a cut in a long time, and we saw him finish in second at the JDC. Last time he missed a cut was at the Travelers, though we're not seeing anything to write home about. 64th at the St. Jude last weekend, 47th at the Wyndham, 68th at the Open Championship, so he's obviously struggling with certain things in his game, but still another guy who can just dominate with the broomstick. Um, Another guy I want to mention is Wyndham Clark. Excellent Bermuda putter. Not going to be popping in anyone's models. Keith Mitchell is going to get ownership because he's Keith Mitchell. Probably going to be 10% owned, but that's not enough to deviate from him for me. He's also a a guy that can hit fairways. So if he can just dial it in on approach for the weekend and figure shit out, Keith Mitchell at 7,400, low-owned, solid play. Continuing on in this putting range, Lucas Herbert, Jordan Spieth going just unknown, unwatched, and the guy can score like crazy, and no one wants to play him because of his recent form. Mad McNeely, okay, another guy that dominates with the putter, ranks 45th in my overall stat model. Like we can go on and on. Like we'll go, we'll finish the top twenty with anyone else's hiding. But there's like Mac Hughes. I'm not gonna play Mac Hughes. And then Seamus Power. Okay, Denny McCarthy, hot putter for a weekend. DraftKings scoring, I'll take it. I'll take it. Next thing we're gonna look at is the approach model. Same concept, right? Guys that can dominate on approach, but may not be popping in your models. First two guys that I'm gonna notice is Brendan Steele and Aaron Wise. Aaron Wise probably like a bad opinion for this like for this topic he had i mean he is getting pretty popular but ranks 24th in my overall stat model people may not want to pay 8100 for him and when you come to a single entry he might be an advantageous way to start your build process from uh going down to shane lowry he's let a lot of people down tom kim tom hoagie okay these are options as well brian Harmon, not gonna touch him won't touch brian Harmon. One more little tidbit for you guys. The scoring model. So guys who can score, but may not be popping in your overall stat model. Um, surprising is someone like Matt Fitzpatrick, but he's going to be popular. But then we go back to Jordan Spieth, 8,800. People are not interested in Jordan Spieth. Kurt Kitayama. Not interested in $6,000 Kurt Kitayama. That's fine. That's fine. Guess what? Kitty on these style projections ranks 38th. I'll take it. I'll take that shot at 6,000 to get more big name salary guys in there eating chalk. I don't care that Kit is going to be, Kitty is going to be 4% owned, maybe less. He's $6,000. Yeah, it's a high risk. Yeah, it's an MMPE play. Like, you're not going to throw Kitty into like your single entry. That, I mean, that. That takes stones, don't get me wrong, but I don't have enough stats to support that as a logical play. But if you're going to tell me that he does not objectively have a chance here, 
you're insane. His second place finish at the Genesis Scottish Open would disagree with you. 72nd, the Open Championship. 20th, the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Missed the cut at FedEx St. Jude, but here we are. All right. He's a guy that maximizes the ball with his distance. So if you're focusing on driving distance this weekend, Kurt Kitayama fits the bill. Wyndham Clark, we talked about him, fits the bill with driving distance. Trey Mullinax. Adam Scott does not fit the bill. But you know what? He's not that bad. He hits it long off the tee. Point being, there's a lot of ways to get unique. I'm most definitely emphasizing for me driving distance this weekend as most we're going to value approach. So let's start in that 10K range. Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Will Zalatoris. I like Zalatoris here going back to back. People are going to go to Rom. They saw him last weekend. He's turning things around. I get it. Why not? Justin Thomas. If I'm going to play Justin Thomas, absolutely. But whatever I do up here, I'm going overweight. In 150 max, I would even argue 150 lineups with these guys up here. At least above 80%. You need to stick to your guns. You need to stick to your convictions. Play the guys that you like and put them in your lineup builds. There's no cut. There's no cut. If Roy McIlroy sucks on day one and two, who's to say he doesn't come back and dominate on days three and four? Look at Cam Smith at the Open Championship. Did you see Sunday and how he came back to win? So don't tell me it's not po- impo- that it's impossible. Patrick Cantley, you want to start down here at these 9K builds? Let's go down here. Tom Kim rounding that out at 9,000. I would love to play Patrick Cantley this weekend. If I'm gonna, he's everywhere for me. Scheffler, everywhere for me. So you got to consider that. Now, looking at the leverage plays, everyone's going to go back to Morikawa. I don't hate it. I think that number at 22% is a little low. It's probably going to be higher in your single entry contest, so be wary of that. But again, you got to think of your contest selection. you got to think of game theory and who's going to be playing who. It's hard for me not to consider playing number one official world golf rankings player, Scotty Scheffler. Right, he's only coming in at 16, 18% owned. I'd rather take them than that 20 something percent. And of course, everyone's fading Xander. I do think Maddie Fitz is going to get some love. Sam Burns, Victor Hovland, they're always lower owned. And then Sung Jay, I think, is going to be going up a lot higher, especially in single entry and three max, because people see the fact that he can dial it on approach, he can score. So it'll be interesting to see what people do, right? You're looking at Sung Jay, 12th, 2nd, finished in, uh, like Tom Kim, finished in 1st and then 13th. Fitzpatrick Morikawa, 5th last weekend. Burns and Hovland, 20th. Xander, 57th. So it kind of sounds like Scheffler and Xander are your pivots there if people are looking at recent form, right? Cantley, 57th. People are just too smart now. They're not going to be fading those plays. The one thing I do fear, the one player I do fear at 9,700 is Tony Finau. And this is actually a projection based on common courses that I associated with Delaware. We're in Delaware. How fun is that? All right. So the point being, he hasn't looked good on those style of courses. I would not be surprised to see some Regression at Wilmington Country Club for Tony Fino. I just would not be surprised for it to happen. His DraftKings projections have always been a shade lower. 
fine. It's fine. So be mindful of that. Okay. Moving on to the 8K range. The 8K range is loaded with players that I really like. Jordan Spieth being one of them. He's going to be a way low owned. Shane Lowry is coming in way low owned right now. Matsuyama, 4% owned. Max Homa, 9%. Neiman after last weekend, absolutely. Cam Young's getting all the betting talk. Typically, the betting talk gets the DFS talk too. So he's coming in at 20%. I'll bet him. I'm not going to play him in DFS at that ownership. And that leaves us with Aaron Wise and Am Scott. And the problem is that Am Scott's not a secret anymore. Even at 12%, he's going to be higher owned. I'd rather pivot up to Lowry, pivot up to Jordan Spieth, and then take a flyer on guys I like better for this course, like Joaquin Neiman and Corey Connors. I would even take shots at Hideki Matsuyama, being that he's in the clear with this injury shit and being that everything else is all right. Now, of course, Matsuyama, a terrible putter on bent grass greens, a terrible putter by nature, but still former Masters champion. The guy can score with the best of them in this field, in this pricing tier. I most definitely take advantage of it. Now, the reason people are looking at Cam Young, going back to that high ownership, the guy can score. The guy's been playing like crazy. You know, everyone's talking about Zalatoris being the recent winner. 31st at the FedEx, second at the Rocket Mortgage, second at the Open Championship. So you talk about a guy who's knocking at the door. Well, hello, Cam Young. We should probably consider playing you. The thing is, Jordan Spieth, if you look at season-long stats, isn't that far behind in terms of where he ranks in my weighted stats. Sure, he does not have the driving distance. I get that. But he has enough to compete. He's, Spieth has improved greatly over over his strokes gain off the tee. And he can score on strokes gains par 4 and par 5s. Birdie average ranks 27th. If you're going to give me leverage ownership for Jordan Spieth, absolutely. And this is a guy who is in terrible form. But come on, it wasn't too recently we saw back-to-back top 10s at the Genesis in the Open Championship. A miscut at the FedEx St. Jude is not going to deter me from a no-cut event from playing Jordan Spieth, who can score like fucking crazy. Play him. 6% ownership, Jordan Spieth. Lock him in. Probably going to be a foreplay. Probably going to be a foreplay. He's got top 10 upside, win equity. That like is some serious win equity. Has won 12 times on tour. And let's not forget that Jordan Spieth is the ripe age of 28 years old, still in his prime. Come on, guys. Simple game theory right now. Simple game theory. And people are going to fade him because he missed the cut last weekend. Fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. 7K range, people are pissed off at Billy Horschel. He screwed over a lot of people, and everyone thought he was a lock, myself included. I had a lot of 5 of 6, thanks to Billy Horschel. But still, why wouldn't you go back? You liked him last weekend. You're going to like him this weekend. He doesn't necessarily fit my overall stat models, but if you look at things that I do like about him, he's an excellent ball striker. He hits greens in regulation in the top 20 in the field for 2022. If he does miss the green, he's solid. 21st in the field on, on par fours. 32nd on par fives. 36th in birdie average. The miscut does concern me. You know, two out of four missed cuts in the last in the last four tournaments that he's played. So Horschel does come with some risk, but he's going to come with reduced ownership because he burned so many people last weekend. Be nice to go back to him in a bounce pass spot for a guy who can score this year. Who can score this year. So Russell Henley, people are going to play. He can score. I worry about his putter, but I get it over four rounds. It's hard to avoid that. 
Cam Davis, excellent on bent greens and a guy who can play just play it all. He's kind of underpriced. And you look at his recent form, 13th, 14th, and 16th, it's hard to pass it up, especially at only 15% ownership. A lot of people are not eating the chalk in the 7K range. And it's really kind of dispersing. I don't hate Cam Davis at 15%. Once that gets up to 20, yeah, it's a little bit different. Pendrith, Mitchell, Degala, I think they're going to be highly loved and touted eventually, especially when it comes to like the end of the week and lineup lock. Um, Thigala would probably be my favorite. The guy is just excellent on approach. Great scrambler if he's missing fairways. Um, second in rounds in the 60s. You're going to tell me that you don't want Thigala in your lineup if two of the four rounds he's in the 60s? Right, that's pretty key. Again, we talked about no cut. We talked about the fact that you want DraftKings scores, and we're coming off a guy who just finished in 13th at the FedEx St. Jude, his first FedEx playoffs. So, the gala is some serious. I got some serious love for him. Only six seven percent ownership. Number could go up, but still, Keegan Bradley, no, not gonna do it. Done with this guy. He's on the don't play list. But now we get to Mito. Mito, 26 year old. Mito. Ugh. What do we do? What do we do with the guy who's never won on tour, who is 101 to win, but ranks eighth in my aggregate model, third in my overall stats model, 11th in my scoring model, seventh in my approach model, ninth in my fairway model, 21st in the 22 PGA stats. Knocks on Mito. Birdie average right away. Right? Strokes gain on par fives. Right away. Big issue. But the guy can hit fairways. The guy isn't necessarily long, but he's not short when looking at the field. Ranks in the top half. Ranks 38th in the field. 16th in ball striking. 10th in approach. You're going to tell me that if he's not hitting greens, then we don't have a chance to dominate with Mito. I will take it. Of course, the caveat, as always, is the putter. Can he figure out the putter? It's a high-risk play, but I like it. I think it's worth it. Siwoo Kim's going to be your score. Seamus Power kind of touched upon him earlier, so that rounds out that 7K range. All right, so down to the 6Ks. HV3 is picking up steam as first-round leader, which I'm not surprised. Oh, my guy Jim Cummings. I think I think he, he started the whole bandwagon. All my guys are on him. Stu Bega, they're on H, he's on HV3. Uh, Tommy. Tommy's on HV3. By the way, shout out to Tommy. All right. And and you guys are going to laugh when I say this, but I think it takes more stones to cash out a play that you don't have what? That you don't have faith in than to wait it out and wait and see. And the perfect example would be Tom had Zalatoris outright for a lot of big money. A lot of big money. And went with the cash out for guaranteed half of that big money. Takes stones to cash out. Takes real discipline. That's good gambling. People could say it's bad gambling, but you know what? If you're getting five, six hundred bucks instead of your thousand, if you're getting five thousand dollars instead of your ten thousand as a cash out option, hell, that's a smart play to me. There he easily could have lost. In the playoffs. In the playoffs, easily could have lost. So, stones for Tommy. 
Anyways, going on in this 6K range, looking at guys that we're looking at, you know, people are, I'm surprised people aren't going to be more on someone like Mark Leishman. People are not going to be more on someone like Sebastian Munoz. All right, no one's eating a lot of chalk except for Trey Mullinex in this 6K range. Um, I don't mind playing guys like Bez, right? We talked about him and his abilities and, and, and shortcomings, but the question is, when you're looking at this 6K range, who in this range can score consistently for four rounds? Normally, like I would do a fallback on to like someone like Kucher. The problem is that I think the course is just too long for him, that it, it's not going to work. Can't do it. So it, it, that's, that's something to think about moving forward. But you do have a lot of plays in the 6K range that are intriguing. They really are. So I'm going to look at just the 6Ks in my power rankings. Remember, these are stat-driven power rankings. And what we're looking at here is a variety of weighted factors that create the top rankings for the 6K range. I'll give you guys the top 10. The aggregate top 10. No surprise, HB3 is number one. But number two, Grio. Then you have Scott Stallings, Munoz, Taylor Moore, Brendan Steele, Luke List, all tied at fifth. Hoagie, eighth. Wyndham Clark, ninth. Alex Noren, tenth. So going beyond those guys out of that top 10, and in fact, anyone in this 6K range, you are inherently taking on willing risk. Okay, you're taking on risk here. They're 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 tough plays. I think H three three is probably a little bit underpriced, but where else were you going to put them? Most of these guys are 125 to one or higher long shots when they opened up. Adam Hadwin 6300, Tom Hoagie 6300, single digit ownership sub five. Hoagie can score, Grio can score if he can putt. All key plays. All key plays going in the weekend. Chris Kirk, why not? Chris Kirk, why not? Look at Scott Stallings. Missed the cut last weekend. We've been on him forever. Eighth at the Travelers. Fourth at the JDC. Tenth at the Rocket Mortgage. Thirteenth at the Wyndham. He's guaranteed four rounds, and Scott Stallings is not going to be popular like he has because he's coming off the missed cut. Take advantage when you can all right, that's it. It's over. Let's take it home. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is our breakdown of the BMW Championship. Join us next week as we go to the Tour Championship, Eastlake. Woo, it's going to be fun. Eastlake Golf Course, the Tour Championship, big money on the line. All right, guys, let's get to the top of the leaderboard. Later. Later.